right, everybody. In depth, we're back. News stories galore today. Very excited about the show today, Jer, because uh, it's like, uh, you know, all the parks are open and we get the same sort of Disney drama that we love. So uh, that's what we've been missing, I think, on this show is just like insane, intense Disney drama. And I'm here for it. Uh, I got my popcorn or my decaf tea or my latte or whatever the kids are calling the the gossip these days. And uh, I'm ready for it. What about you? Well, I, I even referenced that in one of my stories. I'm like, finally, it's back. It's back. And there's stuff for us to talk about. And the loonies are back. So I can't <laughs> wait because the loonies are back. They really are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Good. Yeah. I can't wait, man. Uh, I, I got some weird stuff too. Uh, you know. That kind of stuff. And I think I might actually go first, but I do want to address something we were talking about um, just a bit ago. What were we talking about just a bit ago? Well, today like, let's do was it on the air. The, what? You were like, let's do it on the air. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. And then it instantly went out the window. So I have no idea what we we're supposed to talk about. Yeah. Well, you were pretending you were frozen. So you had to. <laughs> that's right. You I lost everything. Working at my mime impression. Um. Yeah. Oh, he's in a box. <laughs> He's eating sandwich. <laughs> um, well, today was the big announcement. Like last minute, uh, I you know you know in the evening I'd look at Twitter and see what's going on, and everyone all of a sudden is talking about like oh big announcement tomorrow morning. Good morning America, because you know Good Morning America isn't news. It's just a, an arm of the Disney. Co- it's a PR arm of the Disney company. So, sure. Okay, so Good Morning America is going to talk about. New announcements for Disney World's 50th, which, of course, is happening in just a few months. So I went to bed and I thought to myself, because they did this a few months ago, by the way. Do you remember that one? Ooh, vaguely. I remember there was an announcement, but I don't remember what it is. I sort of have like blinders on. Well, it's not your blinders. Okay. They did. It was like, tune in tomorrow. We've got a big news story. WW 50th, get ready. Yeah. And literally the only thing that they announced was like they showed you Mickey and Minnie's new costumes that are like iridescent for the 50th. <laughs> how many Which times like, How many times in history have Mickey and Minnie have had iridescent costumes? Isn't that like I, a thing that like the Tomorrowland version of their things has these like glow? It just... I don't know. It seems like, oh, cool. We've seen this before. Yeah. But it's like, don't wake me up to watch Good Morning America because there's going to be big announcements and then it's a costume. I'm over it. So, but last night I said, they're not going to do this to me twice. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. And as I put my head down on my pillow and I thought about what today would bring, I thought maybe this is the time. It's the 50th anniversary like, maybe this is the time they're finally going to live up. Like, Disney's back, right? Like, they're right. going to they're gonna do it. They're going to yeah. do it. And I thought, there may be an announcement of a nighttime electrical parade coming Ooh. back for the 50th. I was like, I'm, I'm ready for it. Right. Um, instead, <laughs> they announced that they are installing 50 statues throughout the parks. <laughs> One for each year. Love it. And each one will be a character. So you'll have, and I guess like half of them, they're golden statues. Half of them are going to be in the Magic Kingdom. And then the other 25 will be sprinkled throughout. Apparently there's a figment, which will be at Epcot. Okay, sure. So, and that, so that was a big one. Um, There is a new nighttime spectacular. Enchanted Disney or Disney Enchanted um, coming to Magic Kingdom. And what they're going to do there 
is similar to the treatment that Disneyland got for its 60th, which was the Disneyland Forever uh, Nighttime Spectacular. And what they did there was they added, you know, you know, everything's about projections. Yeah, right. Well, there were more projections. They projected all the way down Main Street, if you remember. I do. Yes. Well, Disney World's getting that, too. Now. Oh, you guys are so lucky because the projections I've seen are just blurry. And they didn't look very good when we saw them. Well, my issue with that is is that these projections, while it's a nice technology, if you add them on everything, like during the show, I don't know where to look. It's like, am I looking at the fireworks? Am I looking at the castle? Am I looking? Like, where am I looking? Am I looking down that side of the street? Yes, exactly. And and this is the problem when when Taryn and I went for the sixtieth or the the year of the sixtieth celebration, and this happened. We saw this. We stu- we looked at the nighttime fireworks because she likes the you know the things right, sure. and that was my complaint too. I'm like, there's so much going on. Aside from you, the focus is the fireworks. Let me watch the fireworks. But if you have everything lit up around you with everything moving around, it's very, very distracting. And it seemed very, seemed very disjointed. And it's like they don't know what they were doing. And it's funny you mentioned that uh, the projections everywhere because um, in researching one of my stories, I was reading an, um, an interview with Damaro. And he was like basically talking about the new technologies coming to the park and like the way they're going to incorporate technology to keep, sort of keep the park, you know, vibrant and growing, but they can't just take out rides and put new rides in, right? So they're trying to look at entertainment. He talks specifically about retheming either the outside of rides with projection or vendor carts or all this kind of stuff. So you're going to start seeing way more projections in the parks in the next five years. That because it's an, a cheap technology, it's easy for the for for the company to do, and it's kind of cute because I guess you could retheme it for different events or different movies or whatever. But it's like it's almost like a billboard for your new movie coming out because you know it's gonna that's what they're gonna do. They're just gonna push the new movies, right? Like guys, we've got to buy tickets to that party because apparently they're projecting something on the egg roll cart. Let's go! <laughs> no one cares. Literally, nobody cares. Nobody oh, cares, but so annoying. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that was the big news today. You know, it's not my stories, but I thought it was worth a chit chat, <laughs> a chin wag, so to speak. Mm-hmm. All right, I love it. Yeah. You, you know what else I love, Jeremy? What's that? Twenty first Amendment. Wow. Moon Boots IPA is the latest twenty first Amendment beer release. A West Coast IPA brewed with strawberries and loaded with Azaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops. Moon Boots IPA was designed and brewed by an all-woman team at 21st Amendment Brewery and in partnership with the Pink Boots Society, advocating for the advancement of women in the beverage industry. The label for Moon Boots IPA features the beer's creators envisioned as otherworldly beings and was commissioned by renowned Los Angeles-based animation artist Robin Eisenberg. Moon Boots IPA is a very limited release and available across the country at your favorite good beer shop, where 21st Amendment beer is sold. There we go. Look at that. Good job. Thanks, man. Got to get a new read out of that guy. Um, All right, Jared. Well, I think uh, democratically you went first last time, so I think I should go first this time. How do you feel about that? Go do your thing. All right. Well, I'm going to do my thing. So speaking of Josh tomorrow and announcements and all this kind of stuff, for those of you who lament the death of the annual passport, I have some somber news to deliver. It is officially never coming back. However, in true Disney fashion, they are taking something that worked well for a lot of people and needlessly changing it into something different. Instead of bringing back the annual passport, they're going to develop something new. 
There are no details just yet on what the AP replacement program will look like or even what it will be called, but we do have confirmation that it will be coming sometime later this year. Josh DeMauro, chairman of the Disney Parks Experience and Product, told the Los Angeles Times that a replacement membership program was coming, quote, relatively soon. While Disneyland president Ken Potrock recently told the official D23 Inside Disney podcast, that I'm sure is lovely and wonderful, that the park would, quote, clearly be launching something by the end of the year. So those are two big pieces of information that seem to set a maximum deadline for the end of the year. We could get it, you know, later September, October, maybe it's uh, December, you know, who knows. Are you telling me you haven't tried to get Pot Rock on the show? <laughs> no, I've given up uh, trying to get like active Disney cast members, especially in management on the show, because it just doesn't like it doesn't happen. Uh, Pot- so is Inside Disney a an a, an official Disney podcast? It's not a fan podcast. Correct. It's the it's the official D twenty three podcast. Oh, okay. yeah, called Inside Disney, which, like I said, I'm sure is 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 awesome. We've got to listen to that together sometime uh you know if they did it live we should we should just like live stream it on twitch and just make fun of it <laughs> uh pot rock went on to say that the new program will be heavily influenced by guest demand and guest experience which is a great piece of pr personally uh that's what i think going to the parks is enough to satisfy guest demand so they can really just do whatever they want here and not feel bad about it say they only give 10 percent off food right and merch, okay, instead of the 20% that the more expensive passes used to get. All they have to say is, well, the demand for that level of discount wasn't there, so we got rid of it. Or, well, most people had that perk, never used it. This level of corporate fumbling was most recently highlighted when Tesla Motors removed the passenger lumbar support from their new Model Y cars, citing numbers that showed most people didn't use it. The price of the car wasn't reflective of the removal of that option, and no public notice was given until after a new car owner noticed the admission on his own vehicle post-delivery. All that is to say, the vagueness of citing, quote, guest demand is an odd smokescreen, and I'm very interested to see what the new perks actually are, and if they're going to be removed, because, uh, again, all the all, all Potrock has to do is like, well, no one's really using that giant discount we gave you, so we're going to reduce it. And they're never going to release numbers to know that, uh, you know, for us to know any different. DeMauro told the LA Times that the new program, quote, will reflect the behavior of our super fans. End quote. That was a direct quote of our, to be, reflect the behavior of our super fans. Again, what does this mean? Is it, I think it means wearing shorts that are too small and putting on mouse ears. I <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, maybe it's going to be obsessive and spending a bunch of money on overpriced plastic buckets. Or maybe it's going to walk through the park like it owns the place. If you thought annual pass holders were too self-aware, Jeremy, watch out for whatever this new program conjures up. Because if you're a Disney CM and you use Superfan in that way... It's just going to make the diehard fans even more aroused. Oh, oh, I don't want to see that. (laughs) But this talk of an AP replacement is still premature, of course. The monarch, I mean, it's it's happening, but, you know, figuring out what it might be is is a little premature. The monorail and the Finding Nemo submarine voyage are still closed. According to the LA Times piece, Disneyland's Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters and Storybook Land Canal Boats are set to reopen next week. And the fireworks shows are returning on July 4th. There's still much to move forward on, and I think the park needs to be running at a tip-top shape for a few months before any pitching of a program to the public happens. You know what I mean? We need to get back on track. Everything needs to be open. 
because right now there's no use, there's no need for an annual pass program. People are coming back in their own time. Annual pass program isn't going to make anybody come back faster. So, you know, let's just get everything open first and then we'll see what happens. One of the main complaints with the program is that it just allowed for the parks to become too full too quickly. This is the old annual pass program. About 50% of the guests at any given time at the Disneyland Resort are SoCal locals who have their own lower cost annual pass. And many just go for a couple hours because, hey, it's free, so why not? And that leads to all of those too frequent busy days. And I don't blame the locals. I would do the same thing, too, if I lived there. But now that demand for Disney parks is back and increasing, the company doesn't need to extend such a full hand to the locals. So I wonder if they will get their own special pass or if they'll be lumped in with the rest of us when this new program happens. And, you know, like I said, there's no timeline for when or even what it's going to be. But, I mean, what do you think the behaviors of the super fans means? What does that mean? Frequency of visits. I think that they're going to try to figure out a way to get you in as often as possible. Sure. Um, they really, uh, hmm, as often as possible, because like, you know, already when you went AP, if you went like six times, anything after that was free, six days, something like that. Right. And that's the uh, point of the thing. So, but I don't think they need to do that anymore. No, I mean, I, no, they don't as, and that's why it's as often as possible. It's probably not going to be as often as you liked or they liked. But it will oh, be possible. They're going to cater it so that there is a, an ability to sell it as you're coming a lot, or it'll uh, something. I think it has something to do with frequency of visit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some sort of reservation system, you know, or like maybe like the different tiers, like the lower tier, you have to book in advance to come. Well, all indications that we've heard so far is that the reservation system that COVID thrust upon us isn't mm -hmm. going anywhere anytime soon. So even mm -hmm. in world where park capacity has been increasing rapidly, um, we still have the reservation system. They're like, it's not going away. So it's just that you can get them more readily. Okay. Do you think the reservation system will be there when you, when you're, when you can open back at a hundred percent? Yeah, it seems that way, but I don't see the, the reason for it then uh well to control you, you know so you don't get people getting you wouldn't get people getting turned away does that does that happen at disney world in certain times of the year hmm. christmas week thanksgiving week it does you get okay. those phased closures um where it's like oh only only hotel guests can come in um but there might be something around where they're limiting especially because they've already admitted that the annual pass holders don't bring in a ton of cash when they're in there. Right. So they might say you might get a limited amount of people going in the park below a hundred percent capacity because who cares? You're coming in and you're not spending money anyway. So it might be that hmm. you have an annual pass, but you need a reservation and those eventually will fill up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my speculation literally on, on the hot seat without any <laughs> previous thought to it. Yeah, that's right. I'm I mean, literally thinking out loud. I, I do see that. I do see uh, merchandise, you know, that I don't think that's going to go away. The merchandise discount will definitely be applied there. But like, I mean, as far as anything else goes, what could you what could you possibly even do? Wasn't there a time where you could buy a discounted ticket for like a friend or a family member with your annual pass? You got like a special price on a on a t on park admission. 
Um, I never experienced that in the U.S. parks. You do get that at Disneyland Paris as an annual pass holder. Hmm. I, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I've never personally experienced that here, but maybe that predates my annual pass. Yeah, I may have just made that up too, but I was like, ah, I, I don't know. I thought, and I tried to like look it up, uh, and it just there's there's nothing. I can't I can't right. find anything. So I uh, I think um I think maybe just made that up. But uh, what other? I mean, you that that's I guess the point is what other perks can can they give you? Oh, you know? you'll probably get you know just bombarded with magnets. I got another magnet <laughs> this week. They keep sending me magnets. <sighs> oh, man. Like, I feel like it's possible that the shift, you know how they say, like, the shift of, the, like, the Earth has poles and that the North Pole is actually starting to shift south. Yeah. I think it's shifting towards Disney World because of all the magnets they're giving out. You think so? I think it's having an effect. Wow. I think we should study that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well very good jeremy uh yeah i don't know it'll be interesting because like i said super fans don't you know they want something more than what they were given with annual passes and i say air quotes super fans so it'll be interesting to see what the disney thought of a super fan is and and then what the reality actually <laughs> ends up being or it's like you know a discount on like like uh you know discount on ticketed events maybe okay sure uh, discount on popcorn buckets. Cool. That's something that super fans would be like, you know, access to pin trading. Yep. That there you go. If you're in a social club, you, uh, no one makes fun of you behind your back. Well, that would be something too. Well, I think that certainly there is probably a thought on Disney's part that the super fans will take whatever it is they give them. Right. No matter how big or small. And so maybe it is. It's like, Hey, this is going to be great for the super fans. We can send them a magnet every other week. It well, costs us almost nothing, and they are going to be so happy. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's what I mean, where it's like, you know, you call them super fans, but you're not going to give them anything of, like, real value because you know that you don't need to do that. But it's right. the expectation is there. So I think they're going to feed us a, a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be very cool. I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested. Uh, but that's my story. That's my annual pass replacement story, Jer. I do know one thing. When we find out what it is, yes. people will be able to tune in here and listen to us <laughs> yammer on about it. So Correct. that's one guarantee. Correct. Well, you know, we said that the, the crazies are back. Both of my stories are about the crazies tonight. I love it. So there was a brouhaha. Just this week on one of my favorite attractions of all time. Do you know what that is? Spaceship Earth. No, uh, but not far from Spaceship Earth. You take a right. You're right there. It's Epcot's Living with the Land boat ride. Oh, that's my favorite place to take a nap in that park. <sighs> yeah, well, there's shade. It's like the one place you can find shade. <laughs> right. This is a pleasant boat ride that explores nature. <laughs> and man's in What? What did you say? I'm just laughing. You said pleasant boat ride. It's just such a Jeremy thing to say. <laughs> it's just a pleasant boat ride. It is an oh. absolutely perfectly pleasant boat ride yeah. that explores nature and man's impact on the world largely through agriculture and takes you through Epcot's own greenhouses where scientists partner with the USDA to do research on more sustainable agriculture techniques. So as you go through, you see experimental growing and nutrient techniques 
It's also really relaxing and educational. And because they're growing food in there, it changes. Some of the crops they're growing rotate in and out seasonally. There's even aquaculture. You can see fish, sometimes alligators, tilapia. If you take the behind the seeds uh, garden tour, you can feed the tilapia. Um, I enjoy this attraction because for me, it still upholds the essence of the original Epcot you know, it's an I experimental do. showcase of prototype concepts with yeah. real research taking place. Um, I know. I remember I talked about this on on our year in review. And yep. Bev said something like, he gets to like a farm, uh, <laughs> write about farms. I mean, it is basically Farm Simulator 20. It's just it's like, here we go. We're doing this thing. But my argument to that was this is technology that's been around since the 80s. Like it's not it's nothing new. But we're watching it, and it's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, fish feeding the plants. Yep. Well, this week, living <laughs> with the land. <laughs> yeah. This week, living with the land was the victim of some naughty guess. Oh. A video surfaced this week from a TikTok account of a woman and her friend jumping off the moving boat as it moved through one of the several demonstration greenhouses as she moved toward one of the cucumber plants and snatched one from the vine, falling back down quite clumsily, I might add, as she tried to return to the still-moving boat where her unwieldy body sort of thrashed about alongside the vessel as her friend tried to help her back in. Um, and a taller male accompanying her also jumped off the boat and walked alongside the boat in order to try to help her back in, though he wasn't much help. She had already sort of uh, thrown herself back on somehow, uh, like a seal out of out of water escaping a shark. Uh she posted it to her TikTok account before the video quickly went viral, making its way to Instagram and quickly onto Twitter, where I came across it, uh, having been shared by an Instagram user called at Alex64Gaming. Uh, according to the thread, the original TikTok username that posted the video at Martha Lorena had quickly taken the video down against a huge backlash from Disney fans, which seemingly was then followed by that user changing its name to at Let Me Live My Lifey, where <laughs> the, video, where the video was then reposted with comments turned off only to again be deleted. Now, breaking today... Alex 64 gaming was forced to take it down because she threatened him with copyright uh, infringement for reposting her video on social media. Hello. It's called going viral. You absolute idiot. What did you post it for in the first place? Which actually, and then she, that's not a copyright thing. So it's like you share, you share it to social. That's it. Right. TikTok owns it now. Yeah. Basically. Guess what? Moron. But yeah. she's obviously a moron. This person is not smart, okay? No. Come at me, Martha Lorena. Um, allegedly, uh, the culprit, in defense of her actions on her TikTok, po TikTok post, claimed she did it to grab the cucumber for her hungry niece who wanted one. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you Look, I'm just trying to feed my family, okay? Right. So. Yeah. What a defense. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't quite holding water. Clearly, as you uh, quickly, you weren't falling for it because another Disney fan who had been seated in the boat behind the woman with his own video 
accused her, uh, <laughs> saying that they had been jumping off the boat they, in a total four times throughout the entire attraction. So the TikTok video she posted was only the last one she did it. Then she made up that bogus excuse of my kid. My niece was hungry. Right. Also, who just feeds a child a freshly picked cucumber? Here's a cucumber. Oh, did you have a peeler? Yeah. Look, we're living off the fat of the land here. Let's go. This is what we do. Yeah. Um. So uh, this guy had seen her, you know, jump her and this male that was accompanying her. They had been on and off the boat the whole time. Uh, so Disney fans were nearly unanimous in their strong condemnation of the stunt, which, of course, is heartening. Um, and also is why she, this idiot, took her video down because she didn't get the response she thought she was going to get posting that on TikTok. She thought she was going to be so cool. And now everyone's like, you should be banned from the park. You absolute loser. Yeah. She uh, got ratioed so, big time. Yeah. She got, oh, she got ratioed. They ratioed her. Yeah, they did. Uh, one Instagram user stated, throw her out of the park. That's why ticket prices rise. She belongs at Universal. Obviously not Disney quality. <laughs> she really so. does belong at Universal. That's very funny. I love uh, the double swipe, like hitting at her and Universal at the same time. Um, over on Twitter, a user stated simply, quote, humans are overrated. Um, most Twitter and Instagram users were really just calling f- um, for her to be banned from Disney World. They were all asking for lifetime bans. Oh, my God. Um, I would love that. You would love it if they got banned? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They, this person needs to be banned. This person needs to be banned. Um, Even Universal Orlando's Twitter account weighed in on the drama um, before it was all over, tweeting, quote, a churro? Yes, but a cucumber? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. So even Universal weighing in on on the drama, on living with the land, but some people were also correct to point out that not only did this act disrupt the enjoyment of the ride for others um but they are very they're very very fastidious in those greenhouses there are signs everywhere posted um don't touch the sand um the caretakers and scientists who work there wear booties when they're in the sand and when you take the tour they tell you to stay away from it and the reason why their scientists are wearing booties is because they don't want the sand contaminated there are microorganisms that are in there they don't want getting out and there are microorganisms that are out here that they don't want getting in so they take good care of the soil and they don't need martha and her nikes traipsing through it so that's what happened Wow, that's you know what, and I saw that video. I think because you posted on one of your stories, and uh, which just makes you sound like an old divorced woman. <laughs> like you know, in your stories, <laughs> we were I gotta watch stories. my stories. Don't call me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, what do you? I didn't know you had a TV. No, I don't. I'm like my Instagram stories. I need to. I need to watch those. Um, mm. And she like grabs that thing and then tugs on it, and then like half the bush moves with her. And then she couldn't get it the first time, so she, like, ripped it off. And, like, I imagine there's damage to the plant there. Like, it wasn't even just, oh, I'm going to, like, pick it off gently. She's, she ripped it off. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. a disaster. So, and, and there was no update as to, like, where Disney security was, where the cast members were that are clearly watching this stuff. No update on, on that, huh? Uh, so, the guest that was riding in in the 
boat behind them yeah. did say that all it really got was announcements to keep your hands and arms and remain inside the vehicle. Um, normally, and several cast members, in the, when you read these threads, several ca- former cast members or people waited with knowledge of it who worked there waited and said this is really highly unlikely that there wouldn't have been an emergency stop. Hmm. But then others weighed in and said, living when the land's a tough one to do an emergency stop unless you really mean it. Because just the way those boats move through that water, you'd have to send people in in like high, whatever, like high waisted boots to get people yep. out. Like it's a whole thing. And again, you contaminate you risk when you when you emergency exit these people, you really risk contaminating all of the po- the plants again. So they said they really are hesitant to do that. But this person also said when he got to the end of the ride and they disembarked the boat, there was no ser- security waiting for them. That's shocking. What to you me. would have expected. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I wonder if it was just if if they met up later in the park. That's what I got. to I got to know because, th- yeah, you know, it maybe security couldn't get there in time. But I'm surprised there wasn't a cast member following them to like see where they went so they could report or whatever. I agree. And one of the things that I tried to I tried to slow the video down and look at it, you know, almost frame by frame, because you can tell if they're wearing magic bands, Disney knows exactly who they are. Well, this is what I thought. So just right now is I wonder if at some point it's ever going to get to a point where you have to scan your ticket before you get on the ride. Oh, perhaps. And then, it, and then it scans you off the ride. Or maybe it does it personally. So then they, in this instance, which I know doesn't happen, so it's probably a, a solution looking for a problem at this point. But at that point, then they can they can know, okay, she's in this you know area of, of people. We, we know this group got on the boat. Sure. She's here. And they have video. There's cameras all video. over. So, so one, they have video. They know what she looks like. Two, they if she's wearing a magic band, they know what they know what her name is they can Mm -hmm. attach that to her um the problem is they're getting rid of the magic band so going forward it might have to be something like that but you know up until now we could jeep and this is the thing the the magic band was such an incredible thing and one of the benefits of it was you could find your kid if the kid went missing they could they could locate lost kids with the magic bands Hmm. well that's you know they sold that to us they sold us on it with those benefits now that's gone uh, what are we going to do? But maybe because you do it with your Apple watch. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, man. Um, I don't like it. And I really hope that chick gets banned. That is, I hope that chick yeah. gets banned for sure. Yeah. And arrested. That's theft. PS. Yeah. I, I don't think she needs to be arrested for it. Um, I think she just needs to be banned. I mean, cause you're not wrong. It It is theft. You're absolutely right. But I don't think it's that vandalism, our judicial system it's trespassing. Yeah, it's but I don't think they. I don't think our judicial system needs to be clogged up with some idiot stealing a cucumber. You know what I mean? Be, <laughs> being banned from Disney is is good enough for me. Don't worry, our judicial system has enough on its hands with my next story. So we'll get to that <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Well, Jeremy, if you are an artist and a Disney fan, there is no doubt that you've tried to make a piece of Disney-themed art before. I think that's pretty uh, you know, common and uh, well-known at this point. And if you make said art with the thought of selling it, well, you probably know enough about parody law to make it just similar enough to whatever the Disney IP uh, is that's protected and that folks will understand the premise of whatever you're making. 
but also that it's not close enough to get busted by the cold-blooded lawyers at Disney, right? You're always trying to ride that line between, oh, it's parody, or oh, this is just a thing I drew for myself, but if I want to sell it, it can't be exactly what Disney uh, already sells. And that's just, I mean, obvious, right? Uh, but so what you're getting at is the weenie shirt is in trouble. <laughs> well, I was referring more to the churro shirt, but yes, the weenie shirt probably too. Uh, as Disney pushes deeper into the social culture of its biggest fans, the two powerhouses are bound to clash. The latest kerfuffle over Disney IP was aired out on Twitter, as most things of this importance seem to. At your Boswell on Twitter posted a notice from famed warehouse of stolen IP Redbubble informing him that they were removing his shirt from their site because it was too close to Disney IP. The shirt, which was a white tee with green sleeves, has the word low on the chest and the word key written underneath, both in green text. This is in reference to the comic book character and Norse god Loki. Low, key, Loki. Get it? Okay. Your Boswell seemed to have gotten the inspiration for the shirt directly from a specific uh, Marvel comic, which Loki was in, uh, which shows the main character in a shirt that has green sleeves with a white trunk and the words low and key written on the chest. The font is different and the text is black, not green in the comic book, but the shirt is clearly going for the same look. Anyway, the other day, your Boswell posted this email that he received from Redbubble. Quote, Hi, John. We're sorry, but we had to remove your artwork from the Redbubble marketplace because it may contain material that violates someone's rights. The owner of these rights has provided us with a guidance describing the type of content they consider infringing that should be removed from the marketplace. In most cases, this means that the rights holder did not specifically identify your work for removal, but that Redbubble has detected potential similarity between your removed work and one or more words, phrases, or images included in the rights holder's removal guidance. So they pulled this kid's shirt off of Redbubble. Right. And that's basically what's going on. So uh, he made this, your Boswell, John, uh, made this comment when he posted this. He goes, it's been up for years, and it's a comic reference. Simple text art I made for cosplays. I even made sure the color and font were different. But I guess with the success of the show, referring to the low-key show on Disney+, Plus, they're cracking down. I'm going to appeal it when I'm more awake. If I change the name, maybe. Change the name of the listing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, this, of course, ignited the Twitter universe with users rallying around this slighted young man while, of course, bashing Disney for trying to co-op the mythology of a nation that is centuries old. Uh, this one's per this person called at Soft Thors, and he says, uh, oh, for F word's sake, ridiculous. So not even mythology, Loki, is allowed because Disney owns that too, apparently. I hate that company so much. It's ridiculous that I enjoy their movies and series so much, and in all caps, I hate them. Wow. Okay. Signed, Jason. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Signing the Sage says, Disney thinks they can copyright someone's culture now. 21st century colonialism right there. Okay, but can I ask a question? Sure, man. I'm assuming the image of Loki is someone is isn't is an ancient, right? The image of Loki is some something that someone drew and Disney bought. Um right? No. Like the little mermaid is Hans Christian yes. Anderson and that's ancient, right? But right. the an, an animator at Disney gave her red hair and styled her that way and therefore they own the way she looks. Well, I mean, you can draw a different character. I mean, you can you can take a Hans Christian Hans Christian Anderson 
story, like maybe the Little Mermaid, and draw her differently. And it's you know, you I don't think that there, if it's if it's different enough. I mean, Disney will probably fight you at this point, but you could do it because if it's different enough, then that's all that matters. It just so needs the question to be different here is enough. If- this is this different enough basically yeah well and it sort of is it's like you know look it up it's 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 weird it's just it's a it's like a baseball tee you know with like the sleeves are, are a different color so it's like the white trunk with the sleeves and it just says loki in like this funky lettering it doesn't look exactly like the comic but it's it's taken from the comic and it's and that's fine in my opinion i think he's parody law there's no difference i think it's fine right he i think he has a case if he appeals it mm-hmm. um Anyway, but not everyone on Twitter was on board with the Disney bashing, which is very rare for Twitter to have actually some people actually, you know, pay attention. Raven, U-W-U-W-U, great Twitter handle. To be fair, your design is a copy of his shirt in one of the Marvel comics. Not something completely unrelated, nor is it your original piece. They're not copywriting the Norse deity Loki. They're copywriting stuff that appeared in his show and the comics owned by them. Uh, and then someone else said blue Izzle, zizzle, whatever it says. So he rips off a comic book t-shirt design and you just hate them for taking it down. This has nothing at all to do with mythological Loki. You failure at life. <laughs> and so people, some people actually like, okay, this is, has nothing to do with Norse mythology at all. It's specifically IP owned by Disney, but to, to a lot of people on the internet, that's the same thing. Uh, In these arguments, a few folks on Twitter brought up some of Disney's older IP trademark issues as a, quote, see, these people are monsters type of lawyering, which is the Internet is famous for. For example, a few years ago, Jeremy, you might remember there was a big to do about Disney supposedly copywriting the phrase Hakuna Matata. And everyone felt Uh, the need to weigh in, accusing Disney of everything from cultural appropriation to colonialism. You remember that? I think we even covered on the show. It was it was before the release of the live action movie, yeah. 2019, maybe like 2018, 17, something like that. Sounds familiar. The facts of the case are actually fairly simple. At the release of the animated film, Disney did, in fact, trademark the term Hakuna Matata. However, the trademark does not mean that the company owns the phrase or that it can ban anyone from using it. Disney filed the trademark upon the release of the original movie for clothing or footwear it sells in the United States as a way to protect itself against other companies that might try to exploit the Disney brand. To further muddle the issue, at least two other American firms, a wedding business and a vitamin company, have both trademarked Hakuna Matata. And Disney's trademark does not stop people from printing the phrase on random clothing as long as there is no connection to the movie or Disney. So, I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward. Disney did file the copyright, yes. However, people got angry because they didn't take another look and go, well, what does the copyright actually say or the trademark actually say? It says you can't use it in conjunction with the movie merchandise. So, right. Like, pretty I mean, simple. I'm, sh- I'm sure, look, the, these are all words. Everything ultimately is a word. Nike has the trademark to just do it, I would imagine. Right. right. So, who is a uh, Nike is a Greek god. Right. But like, just do it as English words. It's like, oh, you can't take the, you can't. Well, they put that together and they use that. That's their, that's theirs. You can't use that as a sporting, you know? So it's like, it seems pretty obvious to me what, where the line is. But the other thing here is I, you know, people are like, I hate this company. 
it doesn't sound to me like Disney really went after them. It sounds like this is Redbubble being a little overly protective. So I feel like it's not just a black and white issue. It sounds like there's this whole middleman of Redbubble saying, you know, being the arbiter of what happened or what they sell, which, by the way, they have a right to do. <laughs> they really do well. And also they're a, they're a platform. They're a marketplace for artists. So if you draw right. something, you go to Redbubble, they'll, if someone buys it, they'll print it. I mean, it's the same thing with our shirts. You know, we use a company called Printful, and it syncs up with Etsy. So you place an order on Etsy, Printful gets the order, they print it on demand, they ship it out. It's not exactly the same as Redbubble, um, but like TeePublic was the same thing. You upload it to their site, they print it, they send it to you, and, you know, whatever. Um, But but, it seems to me that if Redbubble, if they don't, if it seems to me that Redbubble has a right to say, we're a little uncomfortable with how close this gets. We don't want to tangle with Disney's lawyers. Right. If you want to print this shirt and you want to go to court and do it, buy a screen printing machine. You can do it in your house. But if you <laughs> want to use our facilities yeah. and you want to use our materials and our supply chain, you got to go by our rules. That's right. Also, they're not the only you know, direct printing garment place in the world. There's literally dozens. That's right. I use so, public. Yeah, well, that's on Get you. Get a Spectro shirt. Go do it. Uh, another, another IP, (laughs) another IP explosion was way back in 2013 when the internet caught wind of Disney's application to copyright the term Dia de los Muertos and Day of the Dead on things like fruit snacks, merchandise, etc. And this was ahead of their release of Coco, which at the time of the filing was listed in the application as quote, the untitled Pixar movie about Dia de los Muertos. So it would make sense that they would try to copyright that term for merchandising stuff that ties into their own movie. But, of course, the online backlash was severe, and eventually Disney actually pulled their application, but maybe not for the reasons that you might think. Quote, The trademark intended to protect any potential title of the movie or related activity, a spokeswoman for, for Disney told CNN Mexico. Since then, it has been determined that the title of the film will change, and therefore, we are withdrawing our application for trademark registration. Now, back to your Boswell, the low-key Loki. Reading the notice from Redbubble, Jeremy, as you uh, so uh, meticulously pointed out, it clearly states that Disney itself did not list his particular artwork in any sort of filing or notification. The decision to pull his shirt was one made within that company in accordance with the guidelines that Disney gave them. So this has nothing to do with Disney trying to copyright Loki or any god, for that matter, despite what the internet and several news outlets have been saying, and everything to do with people on the internet having low reading comprehension. Yes, it sucks to have your art pulled. It's happened to me, which is why I refuse to shop on Tee Public anymore. They kicked me off. Um, especially when you are covered under parody law. This kid might not be protected as I was, but it doesn't matter. These large print-on-demand places don't want to tangle with Disney or their lawyers, so they are overly cautious at times. This isn't to say Disney is not an overly aggressive company who uses copyright law to further protect itself, but in this case, Disney seems just to be collateral damage. And that, to me, is very funny. Because they literally didn't do anything. But people are going, hashtag cancel Disney. Oh, Disney's co-opting the Norse mythology. They want all the words and they want the thing. And it's like news articles are printing this up. And it's like, it's it, it, you just read the third paragraph in the letter where it says, Redbubble has detected potential 
similarity. That's it. They did it. Disney didn't do it. Right. So they should be canceling Redbubble. Yeah, cancel Redbubble. Hashtag cancel Redbubble. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Sell it on Redbubble. <laughs> exactly. You could try that out. These Disney fans, they get a little, uh, a little uh, overzealous, and it seems, um, you know, they might be bringing their zealotry to the parks, but. I was hoping they would because I wanted something to talk about on this show. You've heard me clamoring for it. I have. When the parks were closed, the news was slow. Well, the crazies are back. (laughs) And as first reported in the Orlando Sentinel, Disney World over the last year saw a spike in the number of guests arrested for carrying or attempting to carry concealed weapons into the Disney World parks. I love it. Uh, You know, and this is with a closure. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> like, we're not even talking apples to apples in terms of time being open. And uh, they still saw the spike in the numbers. Um, Luis Piloto Serrano was arrested for wearing a loaded 9 millimeter pistol on his right hip at the Magic Kingdom just before Christmas this last year. Um, and he was arrested because he they found it and he didn't have a concealed carry permit. So we've got people running around with guns and they don't even have the permit to do so. <laughs> Which somehow doesn't make me feel more like secure. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't conjure uh, a lot of safety. Yeah, if you, just because you're allowed to do it. Like I'm allowed to drive doesn't mean I should. You know? Well, but this guy isn't even... Ha- that's like driving around in a car and you don't even have a license <laughs> right i mean i at least trust the people who have a license slightly more than the people who don't it's true mustafa al amin an iraqi immigrant showed up at disney springs with a child's stroller filled with ammunition and a handgun um the stroller contained no children uh, al amin claimed he was planning to go to a firing range later that day um, but his child, the stroller loaded with ammunition, set off the security alarm, <sighs> reminding him of his, quote, mistake, um, which uh, it does seem like an honest mistake. I know personally, you know, I've stopped by Disney Springs, you know, for, for example, say on my way to the dry cleaners. Mm-hmm. Um, naturally, I didn't leave my dry cleaning for my later errand in the car. I wheeled those dirty clothes around Disney Springs in a stroller. Because mm-hmm. that's what you do with things that you need later on. You wheel them around in a stroller concealed. Well, right, because the heat there is going to potentially damage the garments or maybe set the stain even more. Correct. Right. So you, you, you wheel it around. Um, 75% of the arrests of these concealed uh, weapons happen at Disney Springs. The shopping, which is the shopping and dining district located in Lake Buena Vista, where there is no ticket needed to enter. So already you have you, you know, you've removed one of the barriers to entry. So um, you get more people just clamoring up there due to the covid pandemic, a tightening of the access to Disney Springs meant an uptick in the number of firearms spotted prior to entry, because before the pandemic. There was just a bunch of entrances and you could just get into any of them. Yeah. Um, But they they closed many of them and everybody had to funnel through because you had to get, you know, get your temperature checked and all that. So then they added in the extra security and suddenly they're finding guns left and right. (laughs) 
<laughs> they probably found more guns and fevers. Yeah. Um, the attorney for Alamine, Brian Bird, explained away his client's mishap. He said, quote, these are people who don't have any ill intent. Most of these people are not bad people. He continued, it's not just Disney. People get caught with guns accidentally at the courthouse, at the airport. It happens all the time. Aren't guns cool? Man, they're so cool. Yeah, I always want to board the plane when I know people are just getting caught with firearms at the airport. Yeah. Whoops. Forgot that. Um, the author of the unofficial guide to Disney World, Len Testa, points out, if you don't know where your gun is at all times, should you be a gun? You know, should you really have a gun? Yeah, right. Exactly. And we've mentioned that, too, every time we talk about these stories. It's like you, this should go on your right. You should be flagged. There should be a red flag system in the in, in the United States if, if we're going to have guns, which, of course, we have to because we're dumb. But if you show up somewhere and you forget that you have it and it's not secured, then you then you should be it should be taken away for a year until you can go to classes. It's like drunk driving. So you go to classes to prove that you that you can be responsible again. But right. no, these well, things, I mean, take it. They give it back. There you go. That's it. Right. Uh, well, I mean, um sort of to counter your point i mean i actually do support the right to bear arms but it does the one of the one of the reasons that they sell it and not that i own one but i I, i'm in favor of it but one of the reasons that they the way that they sell this to us is Mm -hmm. it's all about responsible gun ownership well it seems like the responsible thing to do if you're a gun owner is to know where your gun is correct Right. Like yeah. I know where my wallet is because I'm a responsible wallet owner. <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly I've, right. I've been able to figure that out. I can't imagine having something as dangerous as a gun and being like, well, now where in the hell is that? Yeah. And is it on? And, and to not I mean, because they, they weigh a good when they're loaded. Like, you know, the difference between a loaded and an unloaded gun. There's a there's a significant weight difference. I own I personally own a gun. I think you do. Yeah, I think they're stupid. I don't. We. I. I. I don't think that we need a gun culture in this country because I don't think the human race is necessarily built for such destructive weaponry at the drop of a hat. I mean, there's so many just unstable people out here. Like it's it's like seatbelt laws. I'm responsible enough not to get into an accident, so I don't. I don't need to wear my seatbelt. I shouldn't have to. Well, but I do <laughs> because other people can't figure it out. So. You know, it's I don't know. I, I it it's weird. I, I you know whatever. Gun laws are crazy, but uh, I I I think that there needs to be more rules if we're going to have such such weapons of mass destruction, literally. So, uh, you know, these people need to take their weapons. They need to be taken away. They just if need to be you, taken away from these people. Surely, if you forget where it is, I do think it's like maybe you're not quite ready. Like, if you lose your dog, you're probably not the best candidate to have a dog correct um, well yeah then we have to be responsible if it gets out that's one thing but like if you misplace it like if you leave it at the store i wonder if you would get into more trouble because also and back to my point of like the the, the weight of of a gun it's a weighty thing but if you load that sure. clip with a bunch of ammo and put it's there's a there's a difference right so if no. you have that on your hip or in your pocket you're gonna know. You're gonna notice it, you know. Especially if you have a stroller full of ammo. Well, how did it get into the stroller? You had to take the stroller out of your car and put the ammo in the stroller. So that didn't happen on accident. That was on purpose. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> there what is this is guy a, doing? You do have, and you have to unfold a stroller. Like a stroller doesn't just come out of the car and like ready to go. No, like unless I've put one together. It's yeah. a pain in the butt. Yeah. Oh, and we got one where like you, you, you grab the middle seat and it has a strap and you go and it just re- reverse folds in on itself. And it's the easiest thing ever. Oh, well, look at you. Yeah. You got the good one. But like this guy, what do you have a minivan and he has like 12 strollers in the back? I'll just take this one around. I need to get practice. Yeah, well, there does seem to be a bit more about it. Um, he does have kids. Mm-hmm. So um, it is plausible that he, you know, obviously he, he should own a stroller. It makes sense. Sure. What he said, his defense is that, um, which actually seems reasonable to me, that he, being an Iraqi immigrant, um, and having kids and having neighbors, he is uncomfortable walking to the car with a gun in his hand. And so he's used to putting it in the bottom of a bag and then putting that at the bottom of the stroller to go from the house to the car because he doesn't want to put his neighbors, uh, you know, not un- at LEs. Sure. Uh, Okay. And I don't know. I mean, it's that that's his defense. I'm not the judge of the jury. I'm a little suspicious. Well, I hopefully I, that's the case. As a gun owner, you have a bag for your gun with your clips and your rag and your cleaning stuff and you your eye, your eye protection and your ear protection. You have that in a little bag and that's what you put your gun in and that's what you carry to the car. Not right. just he's like walking around with his hand, with his hand on his gun. Hey, hey, neighbor, what's going on? Yeah, oh, this. Don't worry about this. It's fine. I'm gonna go to the gun range. You know what I mean? It's it it's it's protected already. But then, why? What's with the stroller with no kids? That's the weird part. Right. Why are you wheeling an empty stroller around Disney Springs with no kids? Yeah. Well, I, yes, a I stroller agree. bereft he of, a hole in his defense. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm I'm a simple country lawyer, man. I don't I don't know anything right. about anything, but when I go to Disney Springs with my gun in my stroller, I don't remove the stroller because I know the gun is in there. Right. And usually if you don't have Alice with you, I would imagine you don't still go through the hassle of putting together a stroller <laughs> outside of your car to wheel things around, which again is why it goes back to my point in the beginning. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why are you yeah. wheeling anything around a, a, a Disney Springs? Like go as light as possible. I don't even like to bring my sunglasses. If I know it's even starting to get sort of dark, I'm like, can I live without the sunglasses for an hour because they drive me crazy? Right. You know, you, exactly. so, like, but this guy's like, yeah, unfurling this <laughs> stroller. Um, uh, by the way, I like that we've we both now decided to call it Disney Springs instead of Disney Springs. Oh, did we do that? We shifted our inflection. Yeah, we did, and we both oh. do it, and I think it's lovely. Uh, I like it. So personally. I don't know. I think it is lovely. It's like a lovely boat ride. Pleasant. <laughs> it's pleasant. It's very pleasant. You will be happy to know that Alamine's uh, case is still pending. Okay, so, please uh, keep me up. Really, he hasn't. He's not off the hook just yet. Um, while guns are not permitted on property, guests who arrive packing heat, but who have the necessary concealed carry permit in order to have these weapons, um, are usually not arrested. The arrests are from people who cannot also furnish the concealed carry permit. Um, but what they do, Disney does is um, you can they'll provide you with a locker to store your musket for the duration of your stay. OK, that's fine. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. So that's what they figured out for the people who legally can carry a weapon. Um, 
certainly the gun arrests make up only a minuscule fraction of the millions of people who visit Central Florida annually, so you don't have to worry too much. Um, Yet having weapons at the world's biggest tourist attraction can still pose issues for Disney and law enforcement uh, and law enforcement. Um, A Lake Mary couple accused a North Carolina tourist of pointing a gun at them in a fight over a parking space at Animal Kingdom in 2019. This is my point. This is my point. Well, again, if you're a responsible gun owner, typically your first response in a quarrel is not to brandish your weapon. Correct. (laughs) It's to go to the next parking spot. Right. Those of us, what is this a Seinfeld? It's like people with guns don't, people with guns don't understand. That's why they have guns. Too many misunderstandings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Central Floridians accounted for about one out of every three arrests at Disney, while the other two-thirds were tourists who were traveling from other parts of the state or from other states. Gun sales have soared in 2020 during a time of uncertainty and stress across the country. The FBI conducted 40 million background checks for gun sales last year, which is an all-time high, but... Don't let all this make you too nervous to visit Disney. Disney added cutting-edge technology at security checkpoints at the theme parks and Disney Springs last summer. Known as the Evolve system, the walkthrough weapon detectors are artificial intelligence to determine what a person is likely carrying, whether it's a cell phone, a gun, or something else, and where the item is located on that person. So I don't know if you – in Disneyland, I don't know if they're still doing it there. Um, At Disney World, they don't do bag check anymore. There's no like going through. Oh wow! You just you just walk through. You go through these. They look like metal detectors, and it, you know. Wow! I would love that. It's fascinating. It's at, you don't have to take your. Maybe there's bag check, but like you don't have to take anything out of your pockets anymore. Remember, you used to, have to like put your cell phone yeah. in the bucket like at an airport. Right. You should go through now. Um, David Hickey. The leader of the union that represents Disney World security guards called the increase in arrests good news. It means weapons are not getting past the gates. Okay, yes, this is good because we're catching more people. Right. The implication is that the level hasn't increased. They're just now catching more people. So before they weren't catching more people, that's a weird argument to make. Well, take it up with Hickey. I will. <laughs> so that's the story. More people bringing their weapons, that <laughs> their non-permitted weapons to Disney World, which right. I have a problem with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but also, I mean, still, if even if you have a permit for it, leave it in your car. Put sure. it in your glove box. Again, well, I don't. Just because permit, you have a permit for it doesn't mean that you're a responsible gun owner. You should right, know. You know. Not to bring it to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever. You should know that. You know that inherently. It's all over the place. So by the time you actually get to security, you've already been told several times to not do the thing. (laughs) Well, it was one of the articles did say they were like, well, because so many people are from out of state and and rules vary so much from state to state Mm -hmm. that it can be confusing for people. Um, Okay. But (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know. The rules are you aren't supposed to have it, and if you are – look, I'm much more worried about people who don't have a permit and are walking around with a gun. For sure. What is going on there? Um, Yeah. So – and – whoa, this is another thing that Alamine said was that he had applied for – 
I think it was Alamine or maybe it was the other guy in the in the uh, that I referenced in the beginning of the article. Um, he had applied for his concealed carry permit, but hadn't gotten the permit through. So presumably, you know that the reason you want that permit is so that you can conceal a weapon. You don't have that permit yet. <laughs> right. It's like that's like taking the car and being like, well, I'm going to get my learner's permit. Like, <laughs> yeah, but right. You don't have your driver's license yet, sir. Yeah, exactly right. It's like breaking into your neighbor's house. Well, I was going to ask her out on a date, but I thought I would just cook her dinner first. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen. So now we're married. I've never met her. I forget her last name, but we're married now. It's my last name. (laughs) I was going to go to the bathroom, but I just forgot to pull my pants down. Right. So I crapped my actual (laughs) pants. Actually, I was going to go to the bathroom, so I just removed my pants. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah, I know. But I was going to go to the bathroom, but I haven't ordered my food. So I pulled my pants down first. Give me a friggin' Frosty or whatever they're called. Give me a Frosty. Uh, Speaking of giving me things, I need you guys to place orders for our brand new Mai Tai glasses. Our second round, they are up on the Etsy shop. You can search Summer on the Rocks, which is the lovely, relaxing name that I've given to these glasses. Uh, They're follow-up, of course, to our... um, to our Christmas ones from uh, yeah, five years ago. I don't even remember, two years ago, whatever it was. Um, but they are up for sale. They're up for pre-order right now. Uh, you won't get them for a little bit. You'll get them in uh, you know a month or whatever when I need to order them and pack them and stuff like that. So they're not even made yet. However, pre-order sale right now. Go check them out. Please order some of these things because uh, the more you guys order, the more often we will do cool stuff like this, cool merchandise and you know and whatever. So please check it out. Go to Etsy.com com slash shop slash coveers grab some glasses grab a shirt or two if you want whatever but mainly the glasses drive those things home tell your friends if you like my tie glasses these are the my tie glasses for you and don't forget you don't have to just drink my ties out of them they're actually um they're actually like uh, double rocks glasses or something like that. So I drink wine out of them. You make other cocktails in them. I drink water out of them. You can drink milk out of them. Whatever you want to do, but oh, they're a, milk too. Milk too, man. Wow. Yeah, why I not? Never, I wouldn't have put that together. Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, we're gonna get out of here, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Thank Pre- you. I appreciate you and your stories. I hope you feel the same about me. I do. All right, thanks, man. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, next week we have a show. I forget what it's going on, but it's gonna be a good one, I'm sure. Uh, don't forget to check out also the Supreme Resort has a new show that they released, I think, last week or maybe it was uh, this week. I don't know. Uh, Scraping the Vault has a show that's been out for a couple weeks right now. Don't forget also about the Bantha Milk podcast. If you are watching The Bad Batch, which is a Star Wars cartoony thing or whatever that's going on in Disney+, Plus, they have episode reviews and breakdowns and Easter eggs and explainers for you. So definitely go and check that out as well. You can find them wherever podcasts are found or on our website. You can get all the, the uh, back orders there. Anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll see you in Disney. Disney Springs. Wait, Disney Springs. Disney Springs. We're going to see you in Disney Springs. That's right. WNBC. WNBC. <laughs>